The Start On Demand. On demand. Great conversation today on those who think wearing masks during the pandemic is stupid. With the heat wave, crime wave, and shifting views on policing, how's morale at the Winnipeg Police Service? An absolutely insane headline from Toronto involving photo radar. And following yesterday's discussion on keeping cool without air conditioning, one of the tips is to eat spicy food. Today's topic, have you ever had a misadventure with spicy food? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Tuesday, June 30th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Greg Mackling, at what time did you get home yesterday from your journey to Western Manitoba? I guess it was about 5.15 or so. I pulled into Casa de Mackling and uh, jumped right into the swimming pool to cool off. It was a long day. It was a hot day, but uh, not as long of a day as it was for people in western Manitoba dealing with the stuff they're dealing with. I, I had it easy compared to them. And you uploaded all kinds of footage to your Twitter, at GMACWPG, to your Instagram as well. Uh, you So you went to Brandon, was it Brandon, Minnedosa, and Rapid City? Correct. So started in Brandon, uh, tooled around Brandon a little bit to see what I could find there, and then Rapid City, uh, secondly, they had a, boy, the, the dam uh, broke there. That's a big deal in that community. They were without power for, it was almost uh, 24 hours, and uh, then I went up to Minnedosa, and of course that's sort of the old stomping grounds. I've never lived there like McNabb uh, grew up there, but my dad was there for 25 years, and I've got friends there. I owned property there, and it was uh, really difficult to to see people that I knew uh, dealing with the stress, but man, there's something about country folk. They just get the job done, Loren. There were smiles on people's faces. The generosity never waned in Rapid City. The co-op store was without power. They asked me what I needed. I went and I got it, and then they wouldn't let me pay for it. And hmm. uh, just the exemplification of, of who we are as Manitobans. We're at our best when things are at their worst. And sadly, you know, we know floods, right? Like so many communities have dealt with stuff like this before. We referenced 2014 yesterday and the idea that there were many small towns in southwestern Manitoba that were hit with rounds of flash flooding. And it took days before many rural communities saw the true extent of the damage because, of course, it might be a country road that only a handful of people go down. But then you realize it's cut off so many people from just getting to town or a culvert goes or or a field is is washed uh, out. And so there's so many questions still out there. And I've just been combing many of the Facebook community pages for Rapid City, Rivers, Minnedosa this morning. And you're right, Greg, there's two things going on. One, there's still concern, and we'll get into this in our next segment. We're bringing on Environment Canada to give us the latest because they're worried about uh, the potential for more uh, severe weather out there today, more rain. And then there's also that idea that you talked about with the community banding together, people thanking one another for helping out to save their business or or moving equipment out or helping uh, with sump pumps. I saw so many people yesterday on Facebook 
in these communities say, does anyone need help? I can come to you. I have an extra sump pump. Who needs me? Where can I go? And so I think that that, you know, there's always going to be the hardships and then there's going to be the light that comes from it. And, and I think that that's, it's hard to hang on to when you're in it, I'm sure. But we'll have much more on this throughout the morning because it is it is going to be another busy day and uh, they're watching the skies carefully. They're worrying. Truthfully, I didn't sleep much last night myself just thinking about the possibilities for people out there um, because you mentioned the dam in Rapid City. They're keeping an eye on the dam in Minnedosa and as we understand, it's holding uh, there well and, and they're watching it and monitoring it carefully, but it's holding. But there's more water coming from the north and then, of course, that possibility more rain. So just a lot of unknowns for everyone out there, Brett. So, as Lauren mentioned, we are going to speak to Environment Canada in our next segment. Global's Joe Scarpelli is going to join us after Global News at 7 o'clock. He is in uh, Brandon, and so we'll get the latest from him. Also, you mentioned, by the way, uh, you didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I, once again, did not get a lot of sleep because I woke up at 2.15 on my couch, still wearing my contact lenses, and thought, oh, that's my alarm clock going off in the other room. What day is it? Is it Saturday? No, it's Tuesday. But tomorrow is Canada Day. So uh, we won't be here, but Kathy Kennedy and Cam Poitras will be here from 7 until 10. And they will also have a Ron Paul Garden Center $50 gift card to give away. We will give ours away a bit later on this morning after 8 o'clock. Is the Wednesday day off kind of not fairly sweet? Like when I first saw that Canada Day was landing on Wednesday, I thought, well, you can't even make a long weekend out of that unless you take a bunch of extra days, right? And then now as I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, that's going to feel good. Yeah, midday day off, midweek like, day off. It's like two little, two little tiny work weeks: Monday, yeah. Tuesday, and then a little mini weekend. Like we can then, do this. Yeah, I'm all, <laughs> Greg, you are, are. Are you? Did you decide yet? Or are you extending yours into a long weekend? I'm turning mine into a twelve-day long weekend. How's that? <laughs> oh, okay. You're you're going all the way into the second week of July. Yeah, you will not hear or see me until July twelfth. That's not true. I dare you to stay off Twitter for 24 hours. <laughs> Impossible. Like, I dare you. Impossible. I dare you. Fair enough. You caught me. You caught me. <laughs> um, also, we're going to talk today about mosquitoes because we were hearing that, oh, it's not so bad, not so bad. Well, yesterday while hunting for a shanked tee shot in the bush. Now, granted, I know it was in the bush, but uh, I was eaten alive and just two days ago it was like they were not even there so i don't know what happened uh loren but the mosquitoes have come out to play and uh, i mean you know it's going to happen every year but whenever mm-hmm. it happens it's like ah all right you do know it's going to happen every year but there is still part of you that like gets to this stage in the summer i don't know about you guys me at least it's like it's been a good year for mosquitoes eh and you like kind of high five one another like as if you had something to do with it and then you know as soon as you say it the next night you're just going to be eaten alive and so yeah trap counts are up depending on where you live in winnipeg they're uh either you know uh at say 108 per trap 74 summer low is five in the southwest but they're getting to that threshold where if they have a couple days in a row of uh counts above 25 i believe they might consider that fogging method so we might hear more about that in the days ahead they bugged me the other night but again not as bad as they've been in years past and i hate to sound like i'm 90 but they've been worse (laughs) 
<laughs> They've been worse. <laughs> they were bad this morning when I was out watering the flowers, and I'm blaming Taz Stewart because he was on the air with Kathy the other day, just late last week, or was it? Yeah, it was with Kathy, and he said, "Yeah, I don't see. You know, we don't have any mosquitoes. I don't see any reason why it won't stay that way until we get some major rain." Did I miss some major rain in the city of Winnipeg in the last four days? <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Jeff Forte is earning his keep today, boy. So many technical issues, I believe. Our connection is back with Kelly Moore. I think we've been able to reboot both Greg and Loren, so hopefully we've got that figured out as we all continue to work from separate locations during the pandemic. Now, we want to have a conversation that follows yesterday's conversation. So yesterday we talked about tips on beating the heat when you don't have air conditioning as we continue through this heat warning in southern Manitoba. One of the tips, believe it or not, is to eat spicy food because that will prompt your body to cool itself down. I'm not a particular fan of that because I'm not a huge fan of spicy food, but that got me thinking, have you ever had a spicy food misadventure? Like, for example, uh, if you watch Modern Family, and Loren, I think you watch Modern Family, uh, do you remember that scene where Cam goes to the restaurant with Gloria? He tries to be a big man and say, oh, I can handle whatever (laughs) your spicy food you've got. And he's sitting there and you can tell he's sweating it out. And then he finally (laughs) says, oh my God, I can't take it. It it feels like I ate the sun. I tried to find the clip. I couldn't find it. (laughs) I was thinking of exactly that, Brett, this morning, because as I was just sharing with you guys a few minutes ago about my love of spicy foods, it reminds me of different travels I've gone on. And, you know, I um, be overseas or Southeast Asia. I remember being in Thailand and they said, well, it's going to be spicy. And I was like, bring it on. You know, I go to Mexico. I'm like, bring it on. And I find that for the most part, I've been able to handle it. And so do you want to know what got me in the recent years uh, being too spicy was a dish at... The King's Head Pub in the exchange. <laughs> Get out so here. I go, I go all over the world thinking like, I can do this. I really love my spicy food. And I'm, I'm trying to remember what dish it was like. It was a curry. And he says, it's really spicy, you know, like you can't send it back. And I'm thinking, whatever guy, like no problem. I got this. And I ate about half of it, had half of Corona, looked at everybody I was with and was like, gonna have to go home now because i knew <laughs> i knew things were coming if you know what i'm saying oh my god so it was it was a winnipeg spicy food shenanigan that got me in the end all right well and you can text us at 204-780-6868 if you've ever had such a similar misadventure and you mentioned the mustard brain freeze thing i had never experienced that but i went to uh bernstein's deli on cordon and i had uh, reuben sandwich they have two there i think they have their house one and then they had uh they were out of something one of the ingredients for that so i tried their other one and it had this hot mustard and my brain the pain in my brain was like nothing i'd ever experienced and i guess it was like a brain freeze i think i'm actually immune to brain freeze from slurpees from the number of slurpees i've consumed in my life but that mustard brain freeze oh my god that was painful and the ren you say you like that I like it. Like, I like it's like a love hate. You're like, oh God, here it comes. Yes, no, yes, no. And then you like let it go. Then you let it go again. And then you find yourself picking up another slice of ham. You're like, back go. And someone's watching you like, why are you going back for more? I don't know. Kelly Moore. No. How about you, Kelly? Oh, I can't handle spicy food at all. It, uh, uh, I like it, but it does not like me. But I think the one thing I can get away with, though, is horseradish. To me, there mm. is nothing better than when you get that burn up the nostrils yes. from authentic horseradish. Wow. You guys like that feeling, hey, man. 
What about you, Greg? Mm-mm. I, <laughs> I remember the first time I tried hot wings. It was at Chi Chi's in Calgary, and Chi-Chi's. it was in nineteen. Yep, it was in nineteen ninety one, and wings just started to become a thing in Canada. It was like ten cent wing night, and they got the buffalo sauce on there. And I tried one, and it was so hot, but it was so good. I just kept eating them, and washing my face and washing my hands, and then I'd have another one, and I couldn't stop because it was so delicious, but spicy. Holy man! But my stepdad's from the Caribbean. He's from St. Kitts. And he had this curry chili sauce that only came from St. Kitts. So anytime he had somebody that he knew was going down there, they had to bring back this chili sauce. (laughs) And growing up, my buddy Doug was like my big brother. We were the same age. But like when I said I was going to run away from home, he said I could live in his shed. When I didn't have a hockey stick, he always always lent me a hockey stick. And uh, Doug was a big, strong guy. We worked out together. And he was sort of my, my mentor on that front. And he thought he could eat this hot chili sauce well we went to umpire a baseball game together one night after he tried one tiny (laughs) little spoonful of this sauce three hours later his tongue was still burning and uh he's doug's not with us anymore but uh, anytime I saw him for years after that, that was the first story we always ta- uh, yeah. talked about was when he tried Charles's hot sauce from St. Kitts and he said he never, ever tasted anything spicier. Forte? Uh, my mom actually grew some jalapenos in a garden last year and uh, she's cutting, cutting them up and uh, putting them into a salsa. And I was just taking like little pieces and, you know, putting my mouth and, you know, I was like, oh, that's not that hot. And I was telling her, it's not that bad. And then all of a sudden, like, after a while, I start feeling my lips burning, and you know I'm not mad enough to be like, okay, yeah, that was hot. Give me some milk, you know. Anyway, so I kept going to the bathroom and looking into the mirror, and my, my lips are going redder and redder, <laughs> and I kept going back and like I'm like covering my mouth so she can't see my lips, and uh, event- eventually I was just like, okay, they're burning. My lips are burning. They're actually starting to blister. Really? <laughs> yes. I had to put cream on my lips. I was embarrassed. Oh my god. Uh, Who's that? That's quite the story. And let us know at 204-780-6868. Your story, for example, Blake says, I love spice, hot wings, the best, pepperoncinis with a Quiznos sub. I always overdo it. I have a love-hate relationship, too, with spice. It's kind of like a credit card. Enjoy now. Pay later. Wish I had an ice water (laughs) bidet. Listen to this. I'm looking at uh, Instagram and our sibling station in Toronto, AM640. 800-pound photo radar camera stolen from the streets of Toronto. The device usually needs a hydraulic lift to be moved. Now Toronto police are appealing to the public for help. Sometime between June 10th and June 12th, a camera uh, was stolen from the Jameson and Queen Street area. An 800-pound photo radar camera, Greg. That's a statement, right? <laughs> I am against photo radar, and I'm prepared to do anything to get rid of it. Holy smokes. Uh, it's like those engineering pranks back in the day when they would uh, somehow get a Volkswagen Beetle inside of a classroom or on the top of a flagpole. You just shake your head and you go, how do they do that? Yeah. There's got to be some camera footage of that somewhere. So and I'm- here's the thing, though. If you were passing that person attempting or stealing this thing, would you even question it? Because they'd have to have some sort of crane or 
lift or loader. And so you would just think someone was doing repairs. It would never stand out to you that someone, like you're not thinking to yourself, I bet that guy's still in that photo radar camera right now. Yeah, and yep. if and if you were to say, "What are you doing?" Oh, nothing. Just stealing a photo radar camera. You'd probably say, "Oh, good. The less of those." Carry on. Have. <laughs> yeah, just give them a high five. <laughs> <laughs> so I've linked to that to our uh, 680 CJOB Instagram story. Mac Lehman, Gary McNabb, one of the things we're talking about this morning is spicy food misadventures. You know, like if you ever order something and you realize, oh my God, this is way hotter than I thought. Or maybe you didn't know it was going to be spicy at all. And here's a text to 204-780-6868 that I got to ask you about, Greg, because of your ties to Chi-Chi's. This listener says, special hot, hot sauce. You had to ask for it at Chi-Chi's on Regent. Do you concur? Diablo sauce, the sauce of the devil. <laughs> Did you actually have to ask for it? Special. It was hidden away in, in, under lock and key, and you had to go get it. No, you didn't have to get a manager, <laughs> but you did have to ask for it special. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I w- couldn't tell you how hot it is. My brother, Kevin, uh, who worked at Chi-Chi's even longer than I did, is uh, at the gym right now. Otherwise, I would confirm uh, some of the ingredients in that. Uh, I'll text him and see what I can find out for later on in the show. But I guarantee he consumed it because he likes the hot stuff. Okay. Call him. This is a hot sauce emergency. Get him off that treadmill. We need to know what was in El- the Diablo sauce. All right. Kevin, no out. time to get that bod in shape. We need to know. Hot sauce emergency. (laughs) And I love this story from Mel. Just because of the name of the food product, Mel says, a friend brought chips called Blair's Death Rain. I had a couple of them. (laughs) They were yummy. Then I bought a bag and ate, uh, I could later feel them traveling through my stomach. That's how potent (laughs) these chips were. And uh, Trish also says, I was helping make my dad... uh, Bought his five alarm chili. We bought these little orange peppers. Didn't know what they were because they weren't labeled. My dad said his fingers were burning while cutting them. And I said, they can't be that bad. He gave me a sliver to eat and my tongue started burning. Milk did not help. I didn't, uh, didn't help that I dangled my tongue underwater. Turns out they were habaneros. So love habaneros. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You are an adventurous one. I still can't believe that of all your world travels and all the food you've eaten around the world, it was the king's head that brought you to your knees. <laughs> I'm now remembering there was also one spicy dish I had in Sri Lanka while working over there uh, post the tsunami. And uh, yes, I also I was I was also taken down by a dish there. I, I just remembered that. But I often have jalapenos or habaneros in the fridge and I'll add them. I'll even put them on an egg or with in the morning. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just a little bit. Well, of egg's kind of boring. I, yeah, I guess so. You got like I like out. eggs. Yeah. I love an egg in the morning, but I like to jazz it up. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning here on the start. We have a Ron Paul fifty dollars gift card to give away coming up at eight thirty-seven, and then we'll check back in with Global's Joe Scarpelli at eight forty-five with the latest from Western Manitoba. Ten. Gun calls, eight stabbings, 72 reports of assaults. Those are just some of the incidents Winnipeg police say they were called to respond to over the weekend. Yeah, Winnipeg police calling it a busier than normal weekend with more than 3,200 calls to 911. On average, they typically receive 900 per day. So using that number, call volume was up. 
We know heat waves are often connected to crime waves. Numbers show more crimes are committed in the summer. But we also know there's a massive drug problem in our city, with police saying they're repeatedly taxed to their limit. Mo Sabrin is the president of the Winnipeg Police Association and joins us this morning on the Stark Morning, Mo. Good morning. Thanks for having me on once again. Yeah, we always appreciate it. Uh, we've been talking uh, about burnout within the WFPS, uh, EMS, and uh, police service for years. Now, we believe, you no, know, and anecdotally, maybe shouldn't go <laughs> in the same sentence, but anecdotally, we do know that some of the first responders have been seeing more sick days and more sick leaves. What are you hearing from your members? Are we are we seeing more sick calls? Um, well, I, I don't have the exact statistics in front of me, but uh, it's my general feeling from what I'm hearing from the members that, yes, it's, uh, it's something that is being utilized a little more now. Um, the service is uh, exactly right. The resources are being taxed to its absolute limit. And I, I think the service is doing a, a very good job on letting citizens know how uh, how busy it is, especially when we have a heat wave like this, because we all know the tempers become uh, thin when um, it's it's hot out, and I think that's why we see these spikes. But uh, I, our resources are taxed. Uh, our complement has decreased by over 100 in the last five to six years since the mayor and council have put a restriction on, on funding. And uh, every shift is actually running a little below what they should be. Um, there's a minimum of 27 two officers uh, in response cars for every shift, and we're just barely making that on a daily basis. You know, we've talked about some of these numbers in the past, Mo, and the concern, and depending on who you talk to, the numbers might change in terms of how many officers are required, how many you used to have, whether you're down or up. But crime concerns have been fueling the debate on both sides of the equation in terms of whether or not police need more help or they need less help. And, you know, we've been talking about, for example, defunding the police service and what that means Mm -hmm. over the past few weeks. And so when we posted this story yesterday on CJOB.com, we had a lot of people saying, yes, this is exactly why we need to support the police more. And on the other side of the equation, we had people saying, no, particularly in the lives of Black Lives Matter, in the the wake of that, we need to source them less. Some people even calling the, the article propaganda. Have, is the way we're viewing policing in our community changing? Is that part of the equation here when it comes to potentially those sick days and even morale? Because there's lots of people questioning the service and its role right now. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no doubt that it's very difficult times for our members on the street. Uh, there's uh, There are people that are talking about defunding, but I can tell you, uh, I've never received more emails from my members saying, Uh, that citizens are going out of their way, coming up to them saying, listen, we support you, we know you have a difficult job, and and we're here for you, right? So um, I think if you were to do a survey, which we are looking at doing in the near future, that the support for the police is there. Um, I don't know who you'd want responding to uh, the 14 uh, shots calls, the... 30-something assaults, the, um, uh, you know, the, the very violent calls. And we've been saying to the province for many, many years, we do need help. We need, we need social services that are there 24 hours a day. We need mental health workers that are there 24 hours a day. But the police are the stopgap when all those agencies are closed. 
even the constraints that are being placed on us by the province now by not accepting uh, violent or intoxicated offenders. It's now left for the police to deal with those members until or, or those uh, offenders until they are either not high or or they're not intoxicated anymore. And we've been asking for a stabilization unit that would greatly uh, assist and benefit our members to have a place to take people that are in crisis, whether it be missing persons that have run away numerous times, whether it's uh, somebody that has a drug addiction, uh, intoxicated person, mental health. You know, so <clears throat> defunding at this point, I don't think is is a a good idea, but we need those resources in place before you start even looking at, at, at uh, lessening the amount of police officers on the street. And then just, well, oh, go ahead, Loren. I was just going to say you referenced six, day, six days being up. If six days are up, is that a morale question? And I know you're using an anecdotes at this point. We don't have data, but you're talking about sick days and calls call in for sick days mm-hmm. being up. Are we talking morale? Because it can't be that officers are all ill, so to speak. It could be stress. It could be other. I'm wondering what you think yeah. it is. Well, and, and stress is being ill. <laughs> um, I just want to be you. clear That's on that. That's fair. Yes, and, absolutely. And, but I can tell you, coming off of a very difficult past months with uh, with COVID and now rolling into a very busy summer where normally you kind of have a little bit of a lull, even though our calls for service continue to increase on a yearly basis. Um, uh, the morale is um, is very low. Um, so I, I don't doubt that that is part of the reason why uh, members are using sick time. And, and time off is very difficult for members to get in a very busy summer because that's normally when hol- people will take their holidays and they are allowed a certain number of people off. But if, uh, if they can't get the time off, um, we're, we're seeing that, uh, that, that, that there's uh, sick time being used, which is a symptom of not uh, providing enough resources on the streets. Mo Sabrin joining us live on 680 CJOB. He is president of the Winnipeg Police Association. Mo, thank you for the time as always, sir. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day. Phone lines are open at 204-780-6868. We have a $50 gift card for Ron Paul Garden Center to give away. Call us now, 204-780-6868. While we are waiting for those calls to come in, question of the day at cjob.com, brought to you by Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. And your question is, does your personal slap count indicate it's time for the city to fog for mosquitoes? And so far, 60% say, yes, they're brutal, kill them now. 40% say, no, they're not too bad yet. You can cast your vote at cjob.com. We have also posted that poll to Twitter at 680CJOB and on our 680CJOB Facebook page. So, here's the question for today. This is more likely to happen to you if you are stressed out. What is it? This is more likely to happen to you if you're stressed out. What is it? Here we go. Kevin, do you know the answer? You have a car accident. Oh, my, have a car accident. Great guess, uh, but that is not it. Uh, Loren, you, I mean, you've had some adventures uh, with deer mm-hmm. on, the, on the highway over the last couple of years. 
Um, I would imagine that it's not the stress that caused the, the crash, but the stress you must have felt <laughs> when you it's hit the deer. more stressful when you hit them, that's for sure. That, and, and in the cases where I have had that happen, they've been at different times of day, different moods. Like one was on the way to work. One was on the way home um, from visiting a friend on the weekend and I was feeling good. You know, so I don't, I don't know if but stress caused those. But I, I do think for sure stress will you get causes you to miss things. So you might miss someone at the corner or, you know, not see the sign that tells you to slow down or those kinds of things, Brett. This is more likely to happen to you if you're stressed out. Kevin R., what is it? I think uh, it's bitten by mosquitoes. We gave you enough time to we gave you enough time to Google that, didn't we? No, actually, I was I heard that a while ago. But uh, you you give off like a different odor if you're sweaty and stuff. Well, that is the correct answer. You get bitten by mosquitoes. Come on, yeah, not at all. No, yesterday, last night, I did. This is more likely to happen to you if you're stressed out. What is it? Get bitten by mosquitoes. So there you go, man. Congratulations. You said you were. You felt them last night. What's going on? Do you want to tell us what you're stressed about? Oh, no. I was sweating <laughs> and just perspiring. It was so hot outside. And then all of a sudden, there was all these mosquitoes around. I was out at my son's house doing his backyard mm-hmm. gravel. Yeah, and they like that CO2. The more you express, the more they find you. Yeah, I know. Holy moly. Well, Kevin, yes. congratulations. You got yourself a $50 gift card for Ron Ball Garden Center. Woo-hoo. Okay, thank you. I'm going to put you on hold. Jeff Forte is going to get your details. But yeah, I guess so. I mean, when you're stressed out, you're pro- your heart's probably pumping a little bit more. That blood's going through your veins a little bit faster. And the mosquitoes, I guess it's a, a feeding frenzy for them. That's not too much fun. But if you're doing yard work uh, in the evening as well, that's uh, bound to happen. How have they been mm. in your backyard, Mackling? Yeah, they, they've been really bad the last uh, three nights. They chased us in Friday and Saturday we were elsewhere. And then Sunday evening they chased us in as well. So we have uh, one of those uh, metal frame gazebos with the fabric roof and the and the screens on the side. We didn't even have to put on the sides, the screen sides last year. And I don't think the year before either. And uh, we're going to have to put them up tonight if we want to spend any time outside over the next couple of days, unfortunately. And I'm just looking at uh, an article on theweek.com, five things that make you irresistible to mosquitoes. And the first one, (laughs) uh, the first one, booze. Here's some bad news. Consuming alcohol may make your blood tastier to mosquitoes. This is according to a 2011 French study. Researchers discovered that the alcoholic equivalent of three cans of beer can lead to 30% more bug bites, at least for men in a controlled laboratory setting. Uh, Exercise was number two. Their big, uh, it says uh, exercise triggers a trifecta of biological signals that make your fleshy exterior especially delicious to the bloodthirsty pests, body temperature, carbon dioxide, as you mentioned, and uh, chemicals like lactic acid. Uh, Three is blood type. People with type O blood Mm -hmm. are much more susceptible. I actually am ashamed to admit this, Loren. I have no idea what my blood type is. Well, I'm not going to war with you. You're on your own. (laughs) 
uh, one of the reasons very specific. I'm not going to war with you. <laughs> well, because you know when I I was uh, embedded with the Canadian Army for trips to Afghanistan and and different things when they came to help out post tsunami in Sri Lanka and and Haiti. Um, if you do anything with the army, they want to know your blood type in case hmm. the worst happens. And so I I had to call my mom and ask. And then I remember working with my camera guy. Uh, and saying, do you know yours, just in case I have to tell somebody? And he's like, do you really think at that moment you're the one that's going to be able to save me? And I was like, I do if they need to know your blood type. He's like, I'll be fine. So that's what I was <laughs> saying to you. I I'm, hmm. can't go to war with you. It'll stress me out too much. So yeah, I guess there I, you go. I guess, I guess I, you know what? I should. I need to donate blood. Maybe that's how I can figure yes. out. Uh, number four is being a dude. Apparently bad news for the bro is a report in the Annals of Internal Medicine discovered that men are more likely to be attacked by bugs than women are. And uh, larger persons tend to attract more mosquitoes, perhaps because of their greater relative heat or carbon dioxide. And finally, pregnancy. As if pregnant women weren't already dealing with enough bodily discomfort, increased body temperatures and carbon dioxide output may make them, especially their warm bellies, the ideal target. For the buzzing little plasma suckers. So there you go. Ugh, just hate them. Yeah, they really are. It's I just, detest them. Yeah, it, it, like it, it, it's the the season. It's like okay, what is it? Uh, canker worms. Sometimes forest tent caterpillars, and then the mosquitoes. And depending on where you are, maybe you get some horse flies or black flies or where your cottage is. And then uh, later, and then we cap it all off with wasps at the end of the season. So bugs. Bugs, the man. only thing on that whole list I can change today is, I guess, the drinking and the pregnancy. Knock, knock on wood. <laughs> that, that, that won't happen again? Can't change my blood type. No. Nope. Type A. And, uh, but I can, I can get some control of some other things to limit the mosquitoes. Yeah, just don't exercise. There is, there is another one. You don't on have... it. <laughs> Mackling McGarry McNabb. One of our loyal listeners, his name is Sleel. And I love getting emails from Sleel because they are always so angry. So I'm going to read that. It's in reaction to something that you shared earlier, Greg, on the subject of masks. And uh, what was it about? Uh, you've lo- no mind of your own or something like that. Yeah, basically, you've given in to the dark side if you decide to wear a mask. It, it says this ask anyone who's voluntarily wearing a mask. How long are you going to keep wearing that thing? They won't be able to answer you because their mind is no longer their own. What does Sleel have to say about that? Well, let me just try to channel the correct energy here. I want to do this justice. There is only one way to look at people who think wearing a mask means you've surrendered your mind to the government. You are a slack-jawed, knuckle-dragging, mouth-breathing, drooling troglodyte. Everyone who had heard what you said is now stupider for having heard you. Anyone that stupid deserves to be stripped of the right to vote, for no one that stupid deserves a say in anything that affects the lives of others. Signed, Sleel. Hmm. Okay, but uh, and I and I appreciate what he's saying because you know the government's giving advice, but there, what about when it goes from advice to mandating something? Just just today in Toronto, the mayor of Toronto said he's going to vote in favor of making face masks mandatory to wear indoor public settings on the recommendation of that city's chief medical officer at health. So there's one thing to have a recommendation. 
my next question to, to Manitobans would be, say we got to that stage and we've got r- really low cases, so this is not likely to happen that here. How would you feel if you were mandated to wear one in indoor public settings? Four words for you. What took so long? Let us know what you think. 204-780-6868. What would you think? How would you feel about it if it was mandated that you had to wear a mask? I mean, I have a mask in my car, and if I go into a business and they need me to wear a mask, I'll go get the mask and put it on. Uh, But otherwise, I just do what I can to maintain my physical distance. But if they made it law, mandated it, whatever, I'll just, I'll do it. Doesn't mean I'm handing my mind over to the government. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have been getting all kinds of text feedback, as always, at 204-780-6868, and we thank you for that feedback, including all the great stories you're sharing on misadventures related to spicy food. You ever try something and go, whoa, did not expect it to be that spicy, or maybe you thought you could take it on and you couldn't, so we'll share a couple more of those stories in a moment. But uh, an avalanche of text messages triggered by what we were just talking about before sports with Kelly Moore, and that has to do with wearing a mask during the pandemic. And Greg, for those just tuning in, what was the post that you found on social media? Well, it ties into the conversation we had with Peter King from Florida last week. Remember their cases went uh, back-to-back days, about 5,000, and they were up 30 40% over the previous uh, several days of the week. Well, not long after we got off the air, it went to almost 10,000 for a one-day Uh, rise or one day total for COVID-19 cases and then it dropped off a little bit on Saturday and so the mask thing is a point of contention I asked Peter when did wearing a mask or not wearing a mask become a political statement well this meme just highlights the fact that it actually has pulled this off of Twitter this morning ask anyone who's voluntary wearing a mask and this is a picture of someone in a mask. How long are you going to keep wearing that thing? They won't be able to answer you because their mind is no longer their own. Okay, and Loren, we are getting the the reaction was swift at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight after we read that angry email from Sleel, who was saying anybody who says anything that stupid uh, should lose their right to vote. So, what are people saying to us on the text line? It's so divisive, and it's interesting because we have a low number of cases in Manitoba, and so this idea of mandating the use of masks hasn't come up often. There's been conversations about it. We know the Public Health Agency of Canada is recommending Canadians wear a non-medical mask in public places, crowded places particularly, if they can. We know this morning Toronto City Council is getting set to vote on mandating the use of masks in public spaces. Quebec, I believe, just a day ago decided that people should be wearing masks on public transit. So they're talking about those crowded spaces. And so there are jurisdictions. Obviously, Ontario and Quebec have seen more cases where they're talking about mandating use in some capacity to help what they think will mitigate the spread of COVID or have a resurgence of COVID. My goodness, just mentioning the idea of mandating mask use has, has led to dozens of text messages. Here's one. Good morning. If the government make it a mandate to wear a mask or making a vaccine mandatory, I'll move. I don't need the government to tell me what is good for me. And as far as I know, this country still has some freedom. So that's one side of the spectrum. That was a hard no from that listener. Meanwhile, Kat and Glenn Gimley, Kat and Gimley texts, back in the day, there was the same blather about mandatory wearing of seatbelts as if being hurled through a windshield was an 
inalienable right. The difference being wearing a mask protects others. So I say, shut up and wear the damn thing. So some uh, harsh words for people out there on both sides. Again, not happening here as at this point, and I can't foresee how the cases would get to a space where we would, but the recommendation is growing from different public health officials, Greg, that this is something that might need to be considered down the road. Well, and I said it's about time. And yes, I can understand that in Manitoba, our numbers are what they are. But why do you think they're doing this in Ontario and Quebec? Why are they in contemplating or acting on this? Because they're struggling to get their numbers down. And I think it's important that we point out all the research indicates the mask doesn't help you. It doesn't prevent you from getting sick. What it does is it prevents you from spreading your illness or or it lowers the chance of you spreading your illness if you have it so you're doing it for other people and you'll see memes you'll hear conversations interviews and the whole question you know uh in particular frontline workers who say i'm wearing my mask i'm wearing this mask to protect you do you think you could be kind enough to do the same for me people who are on the front lines all the time. And I think it's just a matter a matter of good manners. And, and, you know, we've got a text here, absolutely never wear a mask, ineffective and unnecessary, unhealthy. I don't know how it's unhealthy. If somebody can give me some legitimate reason as it's un, that it's unhealthy, I'm open to hear this. We have freedom to choose. Yeah, you have freedom to choose, but you know what? If I own a a retailer, I have the freedom to tell you, if you don't put it on, you can't come in. And we've seen people in particular, and I don't want to hammer on the United States, but we get so much of our media, social media comes from there. Everybody's got their phones out. But you'll see people, they know the rule is you have to wear a mask in order to go into a certain store. And then they throw a fit because the manager says either put on the mask or you've got to leave. But, but, you know, what's so hard to understand about that? It's the equivalent of no shirt, no shoes, no service. We used to smoke on airplanes, people. That used to be okay. Doesn't mean we don't evolve and understand the benefits of certain things. I don't know why we're so, or there are enough people closed-minded to this thing, to this idea of wearing a mask, that that we're so confrontational about it. It, 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 It's really hurtful. And you just touched on something there, Greg, the confrontational, because I think one of the things that might be playing into this is all, you can't go on, especially Twitter, you can't go on social media without people like so aggressively telling people just wear a mask, wear an effing mask. And when I see that kind of stuff, there's a part of me that, that instinctively just like because of my human nature that instinctively says, oh, you're going to yell at me to wear a mask? Well, I'm not going to wear a mask just out of spite. And that's that's not why I don't wear a mask. I haven't worn a mask just because when I go somewhere, I get in and I get out. I'm, as one of our listeners once described it uh, earlier in the pandemic, when I go to the grocery store, I'm on a mission. I keep my distance wherever possible. If I was in a situation like on a bus where physical distancing was difficult, then of course I would wear a mask. Like I said, I've got one in my car. I've got one in my bag. I have one if I need it uh, because some businesses, as you pointed out, Greg, do require you to wear a mask. I'm not doing it out of protest. I just also, like, I, I sneeze a lot and I'm blowing my nose a lot, so it's kind of a pain. But when you see that kind of stuff, I think there is that sort of instinctive reaction for a lot of us to fight back just because. Right, Loren? 
Yeah. And I think in the beginning of this, the person wearing the mask stood out. You'd look at them and think, oh, that's I haven't seen that before because you weren't used to it. And so as you become more used to different things in this changing world we're in and these it's constantly changing and even the info on masks and whether they were useful or not useful has evolved throughout all this and that's going to happen and so the conversation has to change too so to take a hard line on it um i don't think is is necessary you have to stop and think about it but i i do wonder yes our cases are low no we're not there yet but we have had all sorts of conversation about ramping up transit and how that will look and how we will get transit back online. And as I mentioned, Quebec is looking at mandating masks on transit. We do have masks mandated. We had a listener just right now saying in her retail store that if you come into the store, you have to put on a mask. So it's not just for the hair services or the massage services and all the rest. And so I think we're going to have to be open to the possibility down the road, depending on where this all goes. It is, it can be hard for people with respiratory challenges we had someone write in just now saying they have copd so it's really hard to wear a mask it's hard on their breathing but they also might be someone who's more immune compromised and, and might be grateful that the other people are wearing the mask so there's all sorts of sort 17 sides to this coin and i don't think you can just flip it and say i'm i'm on heads or tails well let's uh use this one text message to transition from one subject of another because it has to do with food and this is from jen who sent us uh looks like a facebook status here i just dumped a pack of m&ms into my mask at work and i'm slowly eating them like a horse <laughs> <laughs> oat bag, got my oat bag that on. is a great uh, image there so thank you for all the feedback on that and we just want to quickly share a couple more stories here on spicy food uh, misadventures because we had a conversation earlier have you ever had a spicy food misadventure like I went to an air show once in North Dakota when I was a kid with my dad and my sister and I saw everybody eating chicken wings so I wanted the chicken wings and I, my dad got me some chicken wings I took one bite and I like threw them on the ground because they were, I didn't realize they were buffalo wings. I'd never had anything that spicy, and I was on fire for the rest of the day, both literally and figuratively. I was angry. But uh, Dave sending us a text here. I have a spicy story for you. Back in the day when I was a cook in the kitchen in a restaurant, another cook and I were cutting jalapenos. After a while, he went to go use the bathroom and came back in terrible pain. Apparently, he forgot to wash his hands before he went to use the washroom and was out of commission for the rest of the shift. Lesson learned, always wash your hands after cutting jalapenos. And Genta was also taken down Loren by the king's head. She says, I am no stranger to spicy food, but I was also taken down by the chicken vindaloo at the king's head. My eyes started to water just from the aromatics of the spice before I even took a bite, but I dove in with my fork anyway. I was starving, and not eating was not an option. I also (laughs) couldn't send it back for being too spicy because the waiter had warned me it was very spicy, to which I had arrogantly assumed I would be fine. I got about halfway through before I slipped into a complete (laughs) spice fog. (laughs) Spice fog. (laughs) Honestly, I wish I could remember the server's name because he, at least when I uh, worked at 201 Portage from downtown. We were, King's Head was kind of a regular spot for some of us after work or for different work events. And so you'd run into him enough where you, it was almost like this point of pride. You know, you knew you'd see him again. So you couldn't admit that he was right, that it might be too spicy for you. So it was like, I'm going to just power through this. So I did like this listener halfway through, but I didn't get through the whole thing. And then I, I just had to say, okay, talk to you guys later. And I got to go. Was it, was it Peter? Luke? Jay? Beard. Dark hair. 
Uh, Tall. Did he have an accent? Was it Peter? No. Okay. <laughs> I can see his down. smug face I'm right now. I'm trying to now. think of who it would have been, too. <laughs> I can <laughs> see him staring Reg? at me from across the Reg room. <laughs> laughing at you? Paul Reg might have laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, how is it? Mm, just great. Just great, buddy. Go away yeah. so I can choke down this water. <laughs> So thank you so much for all the awesome stories that you have been sharing this morning at 204-780-6868. We very much appreciate that you take the time to be a part of our day. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.